Good evening. Wow, what a day. For a moment, I did not recognize Pastor Eunice. He was looking like the handsome Shah Rukh Khan with a jacket and all of that. So, but he's got a new hairstyle. And uh, this is the anointed Shah Rukh Khan. Okay, so this is different. This is wonderful. And I want to say welcome. I see a lot of friends that are here. And uh, what a joy to be together. We're just at the threshold of a brand new year, and we are excited. We have an entire year that has passed, and we come to a brand new year, and we are looking forward. Because remember, the one who's gone ahead of you knows the way. Amen? He is the author and finisher of our faith. I want you to lift your hands. For a moment, I want you to pray for me. I'm just recovering. I want you to pray that God would speak. Amen? Father God, today... I want to commit the word into your hands, and I pray the word will penetrate the thoughts and intents of the heart. God, I thank you for your word is a, is a sword. Uh, your word, oh God, can speak to each one of our hearts, and I pray that you would, Lord, touch me, minister strength and power for this service. I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. What a joy. Turn to your neighbor and say, it is such a joy to see you on 31st night. Turn to somebody and say, you're looking very handsome or beautiful, okay? Right. I know people have done extra shopping this week. Tomorrow I'll find out on Facebook. Hallelujah. I heard the story of a woman who brought a very limp duck into a veterinary um, uh, to, to a veterinary surgeon. And as she laid her pet on the table, the vet pulled his stethoscope and checked, and he shook his head and said, you know what, um, your duck is dead. And she was so upset. She said, no, are you sure? He says, yeah, I'm sure. The, this duck is dead. She protested. She said, how can you be sure? You have not even done any examination, you did not do any thorough investigation. How can you be sure? She said, okay. The vet went outside. He brought a black Labrador, a lab, a dog. And he came, the dog came and sniffed the duck and after some time shook its head and went. And the doctor said, you see, I told you, the duck is dead. After some time, she was not convinced, so he went out and brought a cat. The cat just jumped on the table, smelled this duck, 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 dead duck a little bit, shook the head and says, so the doctor said, listen, it is confirmed, this duck is dead. She was so heartbroken. Well, he went to the office and brought a bill, brought a bill and gave to her a 5,000 rupees. She was shocked. She said, what do you mean? You tell me that my duck is dead, you give me a bill of 5,000? He said, listen, if you had believed me earlier, it was only 300 rupees. But now after the lab report and the CAT scan, it's 5,000. <laughs> 
2019 has seen a lot of incidents, both in this country and around the world. And, and I was going through the news today, just checking about how this year went, and I found a few things. And we saw in January violent protests in Kerala against women entering Sabarimala. In March, the trade war between China and US. In March, all the climate change strikes held by school children around the world, especially inspired by the teenager Greta Thunberg. In April, we heard about the fire that devastated Paris's historic Notre Dame Cathedral. In May, right here in India, the BJP came to power again. In June, over a million people took to the streets in Hong Kong, protesting against the new Chinese extradition laws. In August, we have seen the Amazon forest burning. In October, the U.S. Special Forces killed Abu Bakr, Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi, the leader of the Islamic State. In December, we've heard of the wildfires raging in New South Wales, Australia. And also with Boris Johnson winning and he coming to power again, he has confirmed exiting the EU by the 31st of Jan. Also in December, U.S. House impeached President Donald Trump, but again right here in India, the passing of the Citizenship Amendment Act in both houses of the parliament, which caused an entire nation to get to the streets in protest. So much has happened, but when I look at families here at New Life Assembly, so much has happened right here at New Life. God has been good. We've been in this sanctuary for the last one year. The Lord has helped us pay some, some of our payments, we were able to procure some loan. We are in the process of paying some loans back. We are hoping that some of the things will be taken care of in the next one or two years. We'll be completely debt free. We've also seen families struggle. We've seen so many uh, young couples struggle in their marriage. We've also seen uh, children pass away through that epidemic in, in uh, August and September, sicknesses. We've seen deaths, we've seen sorrow, we've seen baby dedications, we've seen weddings. So much has happened in the last one year. God has been good, hasn't he? God has been good. In the midst of all, God has been good. I'm reminded of the scripture when I come to a 31st of December. It's a scripture in Psalm 103, it says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. May I request you, church, to lift your hands and just say, God, we bless you. We worship you. You've kept us in the land of the living. You've kept us in the land of the living. Many smart, many strong, many mighty people that have seen the first of Jan hasn't seen the end of the year, but God has kept us. Also for New Life, it's been a highlight to see Brother Anis Daniel and his movie, The Least of This. I believe that's a New Life Assembly production and whatever you call it, but friend, to see what God has done in that movie from this church, we are very happy, amen? God has been good. So many people have come to know the Lord. Now, as we come to the close of 2019, I wanna to speak to you on the topic uh, 20. 20 vision. Whenever 
before we talk about the 2020 vision, when we talk about a 2020 vision, what does it mean? Have you been to an ophthalmologist and you have a eye chart, the Snell eye chart? How many ophthalmologists here? You're an eye specialist, you're an eye surgeon. Let me see your hands. Anybody here? Just wave at me. Nobody? Nobody? All right. You know, that chart measures the, the sharpness of your eye. In other words, you can show the chart on the screen right now. Have you seen this in an eye doctor's clinic? Yes? Well, they let you sit at a distance and at 2020 is when you stay away 20 feet from the chart, you should be able to read that eighth line. It's a 20 feet distance. And you should be, if you're able to read it at a distance of 20 feet, now this is not how big the chart is. You know the chart is this big. And they let you stand 20 feet away. For those who cannot read it, they measure. This is the standard which they measure. So some people cannot read it. Some people need more. Some people need to come closer. But when we come to the new year, I want to use this as a term, a 2020 talking about a normal or a perfect vision. Can you say perfect? Perfect. A 2020 vision talks about perfectness, a vision, clarity, sharpness, a vision. As we come to this new year, I want to ask you, what do you see in 2020? How clear is your vision for 2020? You see, when we come to the close of the year, I know many of you have already your list of New Year resolutions. And on the top of the list will be, I want to lose weight. By your smile, I know this was one of yours, top. Some people say, I want to build relationships. I want to say, I don't want to get into debt again. I don't want to use my credit card. I want to manage my finances wisely. I want to invest in a house or in a car. I want to go for further studies. Many of you lifted your hands to say, I want to read the Bible through this year. Some will say, I want to pray consistently or to invest in your marriage or to spend time with your children. Many parents have been so busy. Their kids are raised by parents at home, electronic parents, the iPad and the television and the internet. Friends, you can decide to spend more time with your children. How many of you made resolutions last year? Let me see your hands. You made resolutions last year on the 1st of Jan? Only three people? Come on, new life. How many made resolutions last year? You did? How many kept them? Some of them partially kept it. Their hand has not gone up yet. You know, just. I want to speak to you on a 2020 vision. My scripture is from Philippines chapter 3, verse 12 to 14. Philippines chapter 3, verse 12 to 14. Not that I have already obtained all this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that 
for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. Apostle Paul is saying this. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. What an incredible scripture. You kind of feel like Apostle Paul must have written the scripture on the 31st of December. He says, forgetting what is behind, I strain to what is ahead. I press on to get hold of the goal for which Christ has called me heavenward. My friend, last year, I came to the service. We had the watch night service. And when we entered the new year, everything was new. I went back home. And I found out that my house was the old house, same old house. I went back to the same old car. I went back to the same old office. I went back to the same old pressures. I met the same old friends. And I went back to my same wife. (laughs) Everything pretty much is the same. The question is, what then changes? With new year, what is new? You will be flipping one calendar from December 31st and you will be shifting to the next page, Jan. But what really changes? I have news for you. This year would not be different either. But on this day, we can make some changes. We will make some choices. We will choose to do few things differently. Apostle Paul knew what he was talking about. Turn to your neighbor and say, you have a choice tonight. You have a choice tonight. Friend, every year we come with good intentions. But then, sometime during the year, we mess up. We mess up. How many of you messed up this year? You messed up in some area. Some of you did, thank you. Apostle Paul knew. Apostle Paul was a giant of a man of God. And he was saying, not that I have accomplished it, not that I have been made perfect, but I press on. 2020 is a brand new year with brand new possibility, brand new opportunity. It's a new day with a new hope, a new life, a new strength. You have new choices. What would you do differently this year? Apostle Paul is talking about clarity of vision. See, by this time, Apostle Paul had already been in ministry for about 30 years when he was writing this chapter. He had evangelized Arabia and Tarsus and Cilicia. He was moving on to Syrian Antioch. He had evangelized the island of Cyprus, found a string of churches in Galatia, and at Antioch and Pisidia, Iconium, Lystra, and Derbe, and northern Galatia. He was pioneering the work in Europe, where he planted thriving churches in Philippi and Berea, Thessalonica, and Corinth. He had influenced scores of young men to follow his example and give themselves to to evangelizing and pastoring and teaching 
Timothy, Titus, Luke, Silas, Tychicus. So many people. He performed miracles. He never gave rest to himself. He was curing the sick. He was raising the dead. He had suffered great hardship with joy in his heart and a song on his lips. He had been beaten. He had been scourged, shipwrecked, imprisoned, stoned, mobbed, and even mocked. After years of traveling and preaching and teaching and exhorting for about 30 years, Paul is saying, not that I have already obtained all of this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. My friends, Paul was reminding himself 30 years ago, I was a zealous man. 30 years ago, I was a PhD. 30 years ago, I was a Hebrew of Hebrews. I'm the tribe of Benjamin. He was circumcised. He was saying 30 years ago, when I was zealous for God, God got a hold of me. And he turned me around. Now I want to hold on for things that God has turned me around. Why has God cost 180 degrees in my life? I want to ask you, why did God save you? 30 years ago, you were a different person. Many years ago, I was a different person. I was not a good guy. My friend, God had changed my life. I'm so grateful that he changed my life. Since my father was in the military, I had wanted to join the Indian Army. I'm currently serving in the Lord's Army. Different boss. Different boss, a better boss, a better government. Amen? My friend, God has turned things around. Why has God got a hold of your life? Why has he changed you from the clutches of death and sickness? Why has he brought you to the brink of 2020? What is God's purpose for your life? Paul is saying, I have not attained everything. Nor that I'm made perfect. Paul, after 30 years of ministry, he's saying, I am not perfect. He's saying, I'm not morally perfect, neither am I spiritually perfect. But positionally, I am perfect. I have been made perfect through Christ. Paul says, I have the knowledge, the righteousness, the power, the fellowship, the glory of Christ, but I have news for you. I have not come where he wants me to be. I have a long way to go to where Christ wants me to be. Friends, there are Christians today that feel like, well, you've been made perfect, so we are perfect. There is no flaw in me. There's no mistake in me. That is a heresy. That's not the truth. Every day, we're trying to be made more into his image. Amen. Paul is saying, I have a long way to go. I have things I need to accomplish. I have not reached God's perfect standard. There's a pursuit in my life. If the great apostle Paul still needed to press on to the goal, how much more you and I need to, my friend? You know, Christian walk is not where you maintain your status quo. Christian walk, it's a walk. It's not sitting down. A Christian is not meant to stagnate where you are. 
A, a Christian is always meant to grow. Amen. There is no end to your growing. At least academically, you can go and do a PhD or you can do a postdoctoral degree or whatever degrees, and then there is a stop to it. When it comes to knowing Christ, there is no end. There is no end. Nobody has ever graduated this book. Oh, you can get your BD and BTH and MTH and all of that, but you have not even touched the surface, my friend. You may have all the alphabets behind your name, but you have not even touched the surface of the knowledge of his glory. When we come to the end of this year, Paul is saying, I'm not a finished product. There is one thing I do, forgetting what is behind. I'm gonna tell you three things that I want you to do in 2020 as we get to. Number one, choose to forget. Would you do that? If Paul needed to forget, you and I need to forget a few things. What are some things you need to forget as we come to the end of the year? Number one, I want you to forget some of your failures. Will you forget some of your failures? Some of you probably had an academic failure. I met a young man recently who had an academic failure. In, in our culture, in a, in, a, in a place where everybody has to get a 90 and 95, somebody could not get that marks. And we kind of feel like your identity is based on your marks. That is a lie from hell. Amen? That's a lie from hell. Remember, your marks does not make you. Once you put your hand in the hand of God, God turns a shepherd boy and makes him the king. He turns a prisoner and makes him the prime minister of Egypt. He turns things around. Failures in relationship. Your girlfriend left you and you're looking for a rope and a fan? Hello. There are a few other girls that is dying to marry you. Look up to God who can turn things around. He is in the business of turning things around. Have you lost money in the stock market? Have you lost money in your business? God is able to turn things around. Have things turned out sour? Has things gone south in your marriage? God is able to turn things around. Friend, today as we come to the brink of this year, it's time for us to forget some of the failures. Forget your disappointment. Maybe you are expecting that promotion. Maybe you are expecting the transfer. Maybe you are expecting that position in that office. But it didn't come at the time and you were looking to a man to give you the promotion. My Bible says promotion doesn't come from the east or from the west, it comes from the Father. Your promotion does not come from a man, it comes from the Father. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I have news for you. It's time to forget the disappointment. Forget the discouragement. Has people come and said something nasty to you? It's time to leave them behind. It's time to forget your frustration, your handicap. Has the doctor come and given you a report and saying that things are not going to be well? My friend, it's time to forget that. And it's time for us to come before a God who made heaven and earth. 
He can turn things around. It's time also to forget our sorrows. Perhaps you've gone through pain. You've gone through death. Somebody very close to you passed away. My friend, and you've been grieving for months together. Oh, there is a season for grieving. But also, I want you to know, if your loved one knew the Lord, they're in a far better place. Would you just keep it aside and look ahead and say, God, I'm not going to be there grieving because somebody is gone. Oh, yes, we will always feel the pain. December 31st is a day when my mother went to heaven. It's been 13 years now. But friend, I have to sit and work on the message to come here. I have to put some sorrows aside and look forward. Tomorrow maybe I will get a chance and think more about her. But friend, are you struggling? Forget some of your struggles. Paul understood what it means to forget. Pastor Stubbs used to mention, as God's people, we need to have a holy forgetfulness. A holy forgetfulness. Be able to keep some things aside. Don't let your hardness take everything. The storage is limited, amen? There are things you need to fill it up and there's things you need to do in the future. Some people come to the brink of a brand new year, but they're unable to enjoy. Friend, if you're a child of God, if you have Jesus in your heart, I have good news for you. You can look into a brand new year and say, with the help of God, I'm gonna make it a victorious year. It's gonna be a blessed year. It's gonna be a prosperous year. It's gonna be a year where I get to walk with him. It'll be a fruitful year. Can you say amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, it's a year of victory for you. It's a year of victory for you. Don't carry unnecessary baggage into 2020. It's time to forget and to move forward. Number two, Paul is saying, not only this one thing I do, I forget what is behind, I strain forward to what is ahead. I'm gonna strain forward. The second thing I wanna tell you is, let's choose to strain forward. Let's choose to strive forward. Can you say that? Choose to strive forward. What does it mean? It means to make every effort to move forward. I told you, Christian life is not stagnant. If you are today where you were on the 31st of December last year, it's a sign of a failure. If you are where you are, where you are a year ago, it's a sign of a failure. Christian life always moves a little by little ahead into the knowledge, into the glory of Jesus Christ. Paul was choosing to strive forward. He was determined to make every effort to reach places he hasn't. He had already covered a lot of ground, but right now he was looking to Europe, especially to the country of Spain. My friends, in our personal life, we need to strain forward. We need to make some baby steps to make things better in our life. For some of us, it will be getting out of a bad habit. What kind of habits had you imprisoned? 
last year. What habit imprisoned you in 2019? Maybe tonight is a night where you say, I'm going to give it up. What sin do you have to lay aside? 2019, December 31st. This is the 11th hour, my friend. And it's time for us to give up. You have come to the church today and the Lord is speaking to you through his word. God has given us space to repent. Today is the right day. This is the right moment for us to get right with God. In the next 20 minutes, we're stepping into a new year. Don't enter the new year with sin in your heart. I remember a young man, married man, living a wild life, no care for his family, no care for his pregnant wife. And one day when he was with his friends, all kinds of language, all kinds of habits, wasting his life, wasting his money, one day his wife delivered a baby. He took the little baby in his hands, looked at the innocent face, looked at this pure, innocent, tiny, newborn baby, and he started crying. And he says, you know what? I'm not going to be a wild man. This child is not going to have a wild father. This child is going to have a godly father. Standing right there holding that little baby, he repented of his sins and gave his heart to Jesus. My friend, today is the right time. I want you for a moment, I didn't I, this is not the end of my message, but I want you to close your eyes for a moment. Is there anybody here that says, yes, I want to start afresh. I want my sins to be forgiven. I want to start into the new year with Jesus in my heart. Is there anybody here? Lift your hands, please. Yes, yes. Anybody else? You're saying, I want to enter the new year with Jesus in my heart. Will you pray this after me, everyone? Dear Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I want to start brand new, Lord, in 2020. I will not take this baggage to the new year. I promise to follow you in Jesus' name. For some of us here, my friend, you may have to start new when it comes to your relationship. For a long time, you've been in bitterness. You have your marriage on silent mode. You are talking in front of everybody, but when you go home, your marriage is on a silent mode. Nobody talks. Some of you are smiling. You know what I'm talking about. You have been unable to forgive your spouse or your in-laws. Tonight is the night for you to get right. This is the right time. This is the right moment for you to say, yes, I will forgive my spouse. I will not get into the new year with unforgiveness towards my spouse. Amen. Some of us need to get right with our parents. Do that. Some of us need to invest our time. Friends, last year, how many thousands of hours did you spend on the internet and on social media? How many thousands of hours have you spent? Perhaps this year you can say, hey, I need to choose my time wisely. I'm not going to waste away my life. I'm going to choose to invest it. Can you say amen? Some of us need to spend a little bit more time in the ministry. Give your time for the work of the Lord. You know, this December, 78 of our cell groups went on outreaches. We're able to reach more than 7,000 people. 
I want to give a big hand to all of our carousel leaders. I saw a dear couple that usually come and sit in the audience and they are very quiet. I saw them holding a mic and sharing something in an outreach program. I said, wow, every year we move a step closer in our walk. We are not going to be stagnant. What are the things that you can do? You can begin by walking with God consistently in the new year. Make baby steps, but yet definite changes. I want you, as you listen to the word, think, listen to the message today, think about some baby steps that you want to do to improve your life, to do better, because we are going from glory to glory into his, into his image. God is going to call some of us into the next realm of faith. In Romans chapter four, verse three, the Bible says, Abraham believed God and it was imputed to him as righteousness. You know, in Genesis chapter 15, God and Abraham had a discourse, had a talk, and God was telling Abraham, Abraham, I'm gonna bless you, I'm your exceeding great reward. And Abraham looked at God and said, God, all I have is this servant. It is Elias, he's gonna take all my, he said, no, I'm gonna give you a child. And God took Abraham out into the open. He said, if you can count the stars, so will your descendants be. And the Bible says, Abraham, believed God. This year, my friend, for some of us, God is going to take you to the next level of our faith. Can you say amen? You are not going to have a stagnant Christian life. It's going to go from one level to another. I want to challenge some of you to get out into the dark, count the stars. There is a God who made the stars. He's the same God who's your savior. Amen. He can turn things around. He's going to take you to the next level of faith. The third thing Paul is saying, and I'm going to call the worship team. The third thing Paul is saying, he says, I choose to press on. I press on to the mark of the high calling of Jesus Christ. Paul is saying, I will not give up. Unlike the new year resolution, you make it in 15 days, you are gone. Paul is saying, this new year resolution, I'm saying, I'm going to press on. I'm going to press on. I'm not going to give up. I'm not gonna resign. I'm gonna make steps more better, more better, more in the likeness of his son. I'm not gonna go down. The prize is not something monetary. It is not a position, it's not a privilege. What is our goal? Our goal is Jesus Christ. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. But we all, with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror the glory of our Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. My friend, as we walk with God, Christ will be revealed in us. Can you say amen? More of Christ's nature will be revealed in us. 
If we are going to be acting more like the world, like a secular person, and less of Christ, something is wrong. In the following verses, in, in Philippians chapter 2, chapter 3, verse 17 on, please come. Worship team, come and take your place. Philippians chapter 3, verse 17. Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters. And just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. Think about it. Paul is saying, follow us, but also follow who others who are following us. We are setting an example. But then he goes on to say, for as I have often told you before and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Not, he's not talking about unbelievers. He's talking about Christian people who live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Because we have forgotten to imitate the Lord, it's all about just a natak. Dress up nicely, do some parties, do some fellowship, but unless our personal nature is changed, we are going to be wasting time as a Christian. The enemies of the cross of Christ, verse 19, their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. And their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. My friend, Paul is saying there are two kinds of Christians. There are those kind of Christians whose mind is on earthly things, who live only for their stomach, only for their glory. But there are others who are imitating him. Every year we are reflecting him. This evening as we come, I want us to take a moment and pause. I want to ask you, what kind of a Christian are you? Are you one who's reflecting his glory every day? When you read his word, when you're praying, you're saying, hey, this one thing I need to change. This one, maybe I should not be using this vocabulary. Maybe I should be more kind. Maybe I should be more gentle. Maybe I should be more loving. I am reflecting his nature, or am I living as enemies, having nothing to do with Christ? Just come on Sunday and go. Just be a Christian. Don't read the word. Maybe come on Christmas morning. Maybe come on Easter service. My friend, we cannot fool anybody. Maybe you can fool a lot of people. You cannot fool the Lord, nor can you fool yourself. I'm challenging you today at the threshold of 2020, just nine minutes more for the next year. Let's take a decision to do something different with our lives. Let's get serious with our walk with God. Let's get serious in our commitment to Him. Let's get serious with the life that we live. Then be careful about the kind of sins we get involved in, in the kind of time we invest here and there. And we're saying, God, we want to be more like you. Close your eyes, please. Will you take a moment and make a decision yourself and say, God, I want to be more like you. Maybe I'll take a little bit more time reading your word. Maybe I'll have a consistent prayer life. Maybe I need to detox myself. Just yesterday on CNN, one gentleman was saying Facebook is like a cigarette. It's addictive like a cigarette. 
My friends, Christian people may not be on the cigarette, but you've been on the Facebook cigarette for a long time. We have wasted time. Young people, I challenge you, don't waste your life. Don't waste your life on the internet. Let's get proactive. Like many of our cell groups, doing some this year, you can share the gospel with somebody. This year, you can overcome a habit. This year, you can get closer in your walk with God. Will you make a commitment today and say, God, I choose to be different. I choose to be different. I choose to be different. I choose to take steps to walk with you, to please you. A 2020 vision, a clear, crystal clear vision. Christ on one side, we are on the other. And Lord, this year, that we'll be reflecting more of Christ in our conversation, in our behavior, in our thinking, in our characteristics, in our nature, our basic nature, Lord, reflecting Christ. I press on towards the goal of the high calling of Jesus Christ. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.